0: section thirty three of a book of sibyls by Anne thackeray ritchie this librivox recording is in the public domain jane austen part one jane austen seventeen seventy five to eighteen seventeen i did not know that you were a studier of character says bingley to elizabeth it must be an amusing study yes but intricate characters are the most amusing they have at least that advantage the country said darcy can in general supply but few subjects for such a study in a country neighbourhood you move in a very confined and unvarying society but people themselves alter so much elizabeth answers that there is something new to be observed in them for ever yes indeed cried mrs Bennet, offended by darcy's manner of mentioning a country neighbourhood assure you that we have quite as much of that going on in the country as in town everybody was surprised and darcy after looking at her for a moment turned silently away mrs Bennet, who fancied she had gained a complete victory over him continued her triumph these people belong to a whole world of familiar acquaintances who are notwithstanding their old-fashioned dresses and quaint expressions more alive to us than a great many of the people among whom we live we know so much more about them to begin with notwithstanding a certain reticence and self-control which seems to belong to their age and with all their quaint dresses and ceremonies and manners the ladies and gentlemen in pride and prejudice and its companion novels seem like living people out of our own acquaintance transported bodily into a bygone age represented in the half-dozen books that contain jane austen's works dear books bright sparkling with wit and animation in which the homely heroines charm the dull hours fly and the very bores are enchanting could we but study our own bores as miss austen must have studied hers in her country village what a delightful world this might be a world of norris's economical great walkers with dining-room tables to dispose of of lady bertram's on sofas with their placid do not act anything improper my dears sir thomas would not like it of bennett's goddard's bates's of mr collins's of rushbrook's with two-and-forty speeches apiece a world of mrs elton's inimitable woman she must be alive at this very moment if we but knew where to find her her basket on her arm her nods in all importance with maple grove and the sucklings in the background she would be much excited were she aware how she is esteemed by a late chancellor of the exchequer who is well acquainted with maple grove and selina too it might console her for mr knightley's shabby marriage all these people nearly start out of the pages so natural and unaffected are they and yet they never lived except in the imagination of one lady with bright eyes who sat down some seventy years ago to an old mahogany desk in a quiet country parlor and evoked them for us one seems to see the picture of the unknown friend who has charmed us so long charmed away dull hours created neighbors and companions for us in lonely places conferring happiness and harmless mirth upon generations to come one can picture her as she sits erect with her long and graceful figure her full round face her bright eyes cast down jane austen the woman of whom england is justly proud whose method generous macaulay has placed near shakespeare she is writing in secret putting away her work when visitors come in unconscious modest hidden at home in heart as she was in her sweet and womanly life with the wisdom of the serpent indeed and the harmlessness of a dove some one said just now that many people seem to be so proud of seeing a joke at all that they impress it upon you until you are perfectly wearied by it jane austen was not of these her humour flows gentle and spontaneous it is no elaborate mechanism nor artificial fountain but a bright natural stream rippling and trickling over every stone and sparkling in the sunshine we should be surprised nowadays to hear a young lady announce herself as a studier of character from her quiet home in the country lane this one reads to us a real page from the absorbing pathetic humorous book of human nature a book that we can most of us understand when it is translated into plain english but of which the quaint and illegible characters are often difficult to decipher for ourselves it is a study which with all respect for darcy's opinion must require something of a country like calm and concentration and freedom of mind It is difficult, for instance, for a too impulsive student not to attribute something of his own moods to his specimens instead of dispassionately contemplating them from a critical distance. Besides the natural fun and wit and life of her characters, all perfectly discriminated, as Macaulay says, Jane Austen has the gift of telling a story in a way that has never been surpassed she rules her places times characters and marshals them with unerring precision in her special gift for organization she seems almost unequaled her picnics are models for all future and past picnics her combinations of feelings of conversation of gentlemen and ladies are so natural and lifelike that reading to criticize is impossible to some of us the scene carries us away and we forget to look for the art by which it is recorded her machinery is simple but complete events group themselves so vividly and naturally in her mind that in describing imaginary scenes we seem not only to read them but to live them to see the people coming and going the gentlemen courteous and in top boots the ladies demure and piquant we can almost hear them talking to one another no retrospects no abrupt flights as in real life days and events follow one another last tuesday does not suddenly start into existence all out of place nor does seventeen ninety appear upon the scene when we are well on in twenty one countries and continents do not fly from hero to hero nor do long and divergent adventures happen to unimportant members of the company with jane austen days hours minutes succeed each other like clockwork one central figure is always present on the scene that figure is always prepared for company miss edwards's curl-papers are almost the only approach to disabile in her stories there are postchaises in readiness to convey the characters from bath or lyme to uppercross to fullerton from gracechurch street to Meryton, as their business takes them mr knightley rides from brunswick square to hartford by a road that miss austin herself must have travelled in the curricle with her brother driving to london on a summer's day it was a wet ride for mr knightley followed by that never-to-be-forgotten afternoon in the shrubbery when the wind had changed into a softer quarter the clouds were carried off and emma walking in the sunshine with spirits freshened and thoughts a little relieved and thinking of mr knightley as sixteen miles away meets him at the garden door and everybody i think must be the happier for the happiness and certainty that one half-hour gave to emma and her indifferent lover there is a little extract from one of miss austen's letters to a niece which shows that all this successful organization was not brought about by chance alone but came from careful workmanship your aunt c she says does not like desultory novels and is rather fearful that yours will be too much so that there will be too frequent a change from one set of people to another and that circumstances will be sometimes introduced of apparent consequence which will lead to nothing it will not be so great an objection to me i allow much more latitude than she does and think nature and spirit cover many sins of a wandering story but though the sins of a wandering story may be covered the virtues of a well-told one make themselves felt unconsciously and without an effort some books and people are delightful we can scarce tell why they are not so clever as others that weary and fatigue us it is a certain effort to read a story however touching that is disconnected and badly related it is like an ill-drawn picture of which the colouring is good jane austen possessed both gifts of color and of drawing she could see human nature as it was with near-sighted eyes it is true but having seen she could combine her picture by her art and color it from life how delightful the people are who play at cards and pay their addresses to one another and sup and discuss each other's affairs take mr bennett's reception of his sons-in-law take sir walter Elliot, compassionating the navy and admiral baldwin nine gray hairs of a side and nothing but a dab of powder at top a wretched example of what a seafaring life can do for men who are exposed to every climate and weather until they are not fit to be seen it is a pity they are not knocked on the head at once before they reach admiral baldwin's age or shall we quote the scene of fanny price's return when she comes to visit her family at portsmouth in all daughterly agitation and excitement and the brothers and fathers and sisters reception of her a stare or two at fanny was all the voluntary notice that her brother bestowed but he made no objection to her kissing him though still entirely engaged in detailing further particulars of the thrushes going out of harbor in which he had a strong right of interest being about to commence his career of seamanship in her at this very time after the mother and daughter have received her fanny's seafaring father comes in and does not notice her at first in his excitement captain welsh thinks you will certainly have a cruise to the westward with the elephant by i wish you may but old scully was saying just now that he thought you would be sent first to the texel well well we are ready whatever happens but by you lost a fine sight by not being here in the morning to see the thrush go out of harbor i would not have been out of the way for a thousand pounds old scully ran in at breakfast time to say she had slipped her moorings and was coming out i jumped up and made but two steps to the platform if ever there was a perfect beauty afloat she is one and there she lies at spithead and anybody in england would take her for an eight-and-twenty i was upon the platform for two hours this afternoon looking at her she lies close to the endymion between her and the cleopatra just to the eastward of the sheer hulk ha cries william that's just where i should have put her myself it's the best berth in spithead but here is my sister sir here is fanny turning and leading her forward it is so dark you do not see her with an acknowledgment that he had quite forgot her mr price now received his daughter and having given her a cordial hug and observed that she was grown into a woman and he supposed would be wanting a husband soon seemed very much inclined to forget her again how admirably it is all told how we hear them all talking from her own brothers jane austen learned her accurate knowledge of ships and seafaring things from her own observation she must have gathered her delightful droll science of men and women in their ways and various destinations who will not recognize mrs norris in that master touch by which she removes the curtain to save sir thomas's feelings that curtain which had been prepared for the private theatricals he so greatly disapproved of Mrs. Norris thoughtfully carries it off to her cottage, where she happened to be particularly in want of green bays End of section thirty three